Day 2018. Awesome, awesome. I'm waiting for my thing to pull up. You know, technology, isn't that fun? Sometimes you're like, it just should work, and then all of a sudden it goes, I don't think so. Good to have you here today. Um, we've been talking about when the devil knocks. This is week two. Uh, we've got uh, one more week to go. And actually, just to be excited, I don't know if you're excited, but we have one more week inside this building. So next week, we finish this series up. And then the next week, we are in the promised land. We are in our new facility, 374 North Main. Amen. So we are so stoked. And, and the service time, as Scott said, is at 1030. And we've had different people said, well, oh, we're not doing two services. We will. As soon as we fill 80% of that, then we'll go right back to doing the 930 and 11. We'll, you know, that's our plan. But right now we're doing 1030. You realize in the new facility, this is what is just stokes. The, this is awesome. See, I caught myself before I went out and did anything else. I just, <laughs> this just makes me happy. We can seat, literally, we can seat about 450 people in there comfortably. You know, and, and I have people like, we have 450 chairs soon, maybe, uh, you know. So, I mean, be on the lookout for chairs that are similar to this. We've had these for actually a decade. They look brand new. And uh, so, you know, but we're not we're not concerned with that right now. We're just getting in that facility with our couple hundred chairs we have. Then we're going to fill that up and we get 80 percent of that. And then obviously we're going to go to another service and we're just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And just the kingdom of God is just going to take Marion by storm. So we're so excited. You know, we're talking about just the enemy. How many knows the enemy is is just, just nasty? I mean, we t- he was the deceiver. We talked about him last week about how he fills our head with lies. We're talking to him this week about the accuser. And, and, and he fills our hearts with accusations. And so all of us sitting in the sound of my voice, me included, and even those that are listening on, you know, online and as all this stuff is happening, we've all had issues. We've all had um, accusations made. And, you know, and if, you're, uh, if you've had a marriage, and I, I talked to one guy years ago, and he said he and his wife never fought. He has a problem with lying. I, mean, I even found out just recently that Darth Vader's wife, uh, their marriage is rocky, goes up and down. Her first name's Ella. Ella Vader. All right, just making sure you're with me today. I'll be here all week. This is part two. I just wanted to clarify, though, we're not glorifying the enemy in any way, shape, or form. What we're doing is we're, we're finding out how to fight so that we can win this battle. God's already won. And we said last week, and this is huge. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. So you need to understand that principle. We're not fighting for it. God's already done it. We're fighting from it. In other words, that's the stance we take. Devil, you've already lost. And that's where I'm standing. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all that other garbage is just sinking sand. So if I stand on Christ, it, where I'm fighting from victory. He's already paid the price. He's already won all that. And so my attitude should be, you know what, God, you just tell me what to do. The battle's already been won. So we're going forward with this. And you know the enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news, turn to your neighbor and say, good news. The good news is the Bible says that greater is he that's in us. In other words, Jesus in us, big Jesus, big G, is bigger than the God of this world, little g, the enemy. It's never a fair fight. People are like, oh, this is the devil and Jesus facing off. God didn't even get off his chair to kick him out of heaven. You understand what I'm saying? 
He just told Michael, go do my go do my light work. But we don't picture that. And the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against the rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we're talking about our spiritual enemies, the the things the enemy does. He's got many names, Satan, Lucifer, deceiver, destroyer, accuser, father of lies, prince of darkness. And so this morning we're going to kind of look in just in Zechariah. It's kind of like three metaphors, just a way we're going to see. We're going to set a scene a little bit like a courtroom. And so the enemy in this is going to be um, the accuser, obviously. But we've, we've learned some things. So this is what we're going to talk about. Last week we talked about him as the deceiver. He was uh, the evil one and he fills our heads with lies. He attacks our mind that way. Next week we're talking about the destroyer. And that's where he starts attacking us with pride. And he just goes after our heart with, with that. So our will with pride. Today we're looking at... Uh, our heart with accusations he accuses us and the reason he goes after your heart out of the abundance of the mouth the heart speak he wants your belief system if he can affect what you believe is your rock foundation now you know i just quoted a song christ the solid rock i stand of course i adapted it to me all this other garbage is sinking sand but what we're saying is if we stand on jesus it's sure footing in other words I can't be swayed. There's people that, you know, could argue with you. I don't think God is real. You know what? I've seen too much. You can argue with me all. I've seen. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen too much. You can't convince me that's not true. I've seen him do multiplication. I've seen him do miracles with my finances. I've seen people call and say, God just told me to call and tell you this. I'm supposed to give you this money. You know, whatever. I've seen too much. Now, Kim and I have been married for 33 years. We've got a good marriage. It's not any question of my love for her or, or my fondness of her or, you know, she make a bulldog break his chain. You know what I'm saying? She's good looking. And, uh, you know, I, t- I told her wherever she goes, it's just like, I have, to, I have to all the time, 33 years later, I have to be like, man. You know, pinch me or something, you know, and stuff like that. That's And she, she I'll get... The raspberries for this later, but since I'm this far away, she can't get me now. <laughs> it's Father's Day, so be good to me. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just very, but I, you know, even in the best marriages, you have fights. Now, you know, it just happens. If, you, if you're not married and you just have kids and you're like home with the kids, don't tell me you always get along with your kids and they're angels. <laughs> my sister and I, my mom and dad had a good marriage and we were home. We fought sometimes. <laughs> I got in trouble. I still to this day don't know why half the time. Mom, why are you spanking me? You know what you did. And I'd just look at my sister and she'd be like, ah. I don't know what I did. A little more to the left, please. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying we all have fights. One time, you know, Kim and I, we, you know, sometimes you, in, in any marriage, sometimes you're just in a, a, a season of agitation. <laughs> Everything agitates you. 
And sometimes you have those seasons where it's just like you feel like you can't do anything right. And, and everybody has different times like that. So, you know, understand. Sometimes we've had doozies of fights. I mean, doozies. You know, one time she came to me crawling on her hands and knees. On her hands and knees. And she said, you get out from under that bed and fight me like a man. <laughs> one time we were, true story, we were fighting. We, we lived on Vine Street. And we were just arguing, you know, and you're arguing, you're just like, you know, let me tell you, I'll tell you what you think, don't tell me what you think, I'm going to tell you this, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I, you know, I got mad, and I was doing Hulk smash. And I, right beside me, let's see, if I'm thinking, in that kitchen, was on this side, were canisters, you know, sugar and all that stuff. There was a big canister of flour. <laughs> we looked like Casper the ghost and all of his family. I mean, flour went everywhere. And she looks at me and goes, Happy. So you, you understand, there's going to be times, and, and this is what happens when, when things don't go wrong or when you get in a disagreement. Maybe it's your boss or maybe it's at work or maybe it's a relation or whoever. But then the accusations come because the enemy comes after, come on, he comes after your heart with accusations. He starts coming after you and saying, Brett, how dare you? Or maybe you've done something. And he comes and says, you know, you call yourself. You're not even a good pastor. You're not a good dad. Look at that thought you had or this or that. Am I talking to anybody today? But he'll come after you with accusations and just say, you're just such a sorry. You know, what do you think? You're just terrible. And he'll begin to condemn you and accuse you. Fiery darts. But those voices are not from God, they're from the enemy. And he hates you because you're made in God's image. This is my prayer, Isaiah 54, 17, for all of us. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you. Your Bible might say no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits, I like benefits, don't you? are enjoyed by the who? The servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. John calls uh, the enemy the accuser. Revelation twelve ten. I heard a loud voice shouting from across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Now, the Greek word uh, for accuser is diablos. It's used about 35 times. But that's what it's saying. It's saying that he accuses us before the Lord day and night. That's what he does. He's the accuser. He's coming after your belief system. He's got, you know, because when you get forgiveness, when you give this to God and you get forgiven, God says he takes your sin as far as what? The east is from the west and he remembers no more. So when you get it brought back up again, it's not God bringing it back up. It's the enemy saying, look what you did. Look at you. You are nothing but, you know, this is terrible. You're just poo. <laughs> but the enemy doesn't play fair. He, he baits you at both ends. He gets you to rationalize why you deserve this. You do this. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. 
You've done everything. It's this, it's that. He'll tell you all kinds of lies. He'll give you ad drama before, during, and after. And then when he pulls you in and you commit the crime, so to speak, then he'll be the one that says, book him, Dano. He'll be the one that says, now look at you. How do you call yourself a Christian? How could you go to work and, and talk about God after what you did? He'll shame you. He'll condemn you. Here's our first thought if you're taking notes. When the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When he talks to you about you, he accuses. Think about it. God is truth. There is no untruth in God. The enemy is lies. There is no truth in him. So when he talks about God, all he talks about, he has to lie. When he talks about you, he just accuses. Look what you did. He'll bring up your past. Look at this. Aren't you glad you're a new creature in Christ? Aren't you glad that old things, come on somebody, are passed away and all things become new? Aren't you glad that you may not be where you used to be, but God, God, you're on your journey. You're not where you used to be, but I'm going somewhere. I'm heading to the where God wants me to be. So the enemy is coming after you. He's accusing you. He's going after your belief system. So how do we overcome him? And Zechariah, this is the courtroom I was talking about. Three different characters. God the judge, Joshua, your Bible may say Yeshua, that's... Uh, just uh, the way they're pronouncing Joshua. Uh, so just understanding this. So then Joshua is the high priest, the defendant. He's the one that's on trial. And then Satan is the prosecutor. He's the accuser. He's trying to convince God of Joshua's guilt. And so that's what's going on. So this is what he, he appears to have a case against Joshua because he's talking about Joshua. If you look at the word, and we'll look at it in just a second, he's got dirt on his garments and the dirt represents sin. So he's standing before God and he's got stuff on him. I know it's like he's got his hand in the cookie jar. Okay. I remember Zach when he was little, I said to Zachy, I said, you cannot have these cookies. Mom says no. Dad says no. If mom says no, dad says no. We are on the same page. And I came down the steps and here was Zach. I said, what are you doing? I told you, you could not have any cookies. And he goes, I was getting one for you. I didn't teach him that. Yeah. I'm going to have the ushers take you out now. <laughs> Do you hear him? Yeah, sure. And then one time, Sammy, Sammy just, I mean, these little blonde hair, big eyes. My kids are beautiful. Look at their mother. You know why? My kids are beautiful. And he was sitting there and he was saying, Daddy, big crocodile tears. He could produce big tears. I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, well, sure, son. Yours is innocent as ever. Kim just sticks her head around the corner and said, he's lying. <laughs> and he was. That's a whole nother message. <laughs> What I'm telling you is the enemy comes in and he just comes in. And as soon as he sees that opportunity, and this is what's happening to Joshua right now. He's, he's accusing of all the things that have happened. Look at this. And this is, this is a picture of the prodigal son in Luke. If you remember the story, there are two boys. And one boy says, give me all my stuff now because I want it now. And, and he goes out and the Bible, your version could say riotous living, could say whatever. But he goes out, he does anything he could think of, doesn't have any morals with it. He goes out and he just does whatever, blows the whole stack. 
The one kid stays home, but he goes out and does that. And then he finds himself eating pig slop. He's starving. And the Bible says he came to himself. And I want to challenge you today. Maybe some of you are exactly where I, what I'm talking about today. You, you kind of, I don't know. You, you've been on this journey. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. I always know God loves me. Yeah, he does. Well, I always have time to get this back. I'll get it right and I'll get it. The enemy, now remember I told you last week, two things I believe the enemy does. He'll, he'll try to tell you he doesn't exist or that you have plenty of time. And you'll, you'll, you'll buy into that lie and the whole time guilt and shame just keep pounding, pounding. So this guy comes back. He comes to himself and he goes back to his father. Now let me just say this. We went to Myrtle Beach years ago, and the kids, the kids were little, <laughs> and uh, number one, this is a side note, I had trouble swimming in the ocean because I, was, uh, I saw the movie Jaws. <laughs> Somehow I thought I would be a good meal for something, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there's some people that are really skinny that there's no shark going to bother them, but me now, you know, so... But I decided I'm going to face my fears and I'm going to go swimming. So I'm going to go out into the ocean. And I remember wading out there. And if you've never been in the ocean, it's a little different, salt water and stuff. But it's kind of cool. You know, you're kind of like, wow, this is really sweet. I like this. And I didn't realize this. And I could see, like, if I'm looking back and I can see my son-in-law, Justin, at the soundboard, I could, I could see Kim and the kids. And the kids were small. And she had spread out the blanket, you know, and the kids were there and throwing sand at each other and doing whatever they do, you know. And I'm just like, I'll be right back. And I remember swimming out there and I'm looking at them and I remember just swimming and stuff, you know. And, and then I couldn't touch the ground. And I'm thinking, this is the ocean. <laughs> And I look out there, you know, and part of your mind starts going, boom, 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 and I start thinking, I might want to go back inside. Well, I'm, I'm telling you all this because I look back to see if I can see Kim and the kids. I cannot see Kim and the kids. Kim and the kids are like 100 yards to my right. I had been taken by the current and didn't even know it. Clear out here. I mean, I didn't even feel it until I realized I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Sometimes life does that to us. Sometimes we don't even realize it. Maybe you wake up this morning, you're saying, Brett, I get it, man. I'm messed up. I've been with wacky tobacco. I've been doing whatever. Doing quarter shots. And now you're saying, how do I get back? I don't know how to get back. Now listen. Again, this is going so different from the first service. But listen, I remember I made up my mind and I said, I got I to gotta get back there. Because fear wanted to take over. I mean, it's almost as if a cover is coming over your head. You could almost feel it climbing up your back. Come on, do I get a witness? I'm almost, and I had to not panic because if you panic... <laughs> It's been a hard day's night, you know. <laughs> so, couldn't panic. So I start saying, all right, all right, all right. And I start swimming back. And I'm just being like, I'm not afraid. And I'm casually swimming. It's like staying in place. I'm not going anywhere. 
I mean, I might as well be moonwalking backwards because I ain't going forward. I had to literally, I remember, then fear was really, ooh. So then I had to start as hard as I could swim. Now, I'm, I'm, being, I'm not exaggerating. As hard as I could swim, I had to swim and swim and look up. And I finally started seeing I'm getting an edge, but I could not let up. If I stopped, I went back. And there's no lifeguard in the ocean. There's only Jaws guy. <laughs> So I swam as hard as I could, and I remember when I got to the beach, I'm just saying, I can relate a little bit to the prodigal son. I've wasted all my energy, and I'm here back now. And my kids are like, Daddy! Zechariah 3, 1 and 4, an angel showed me, your Bible may say Yeshua, but it's the Hebrew for Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, the accuser Satan was there, the angel's right hand making accusations against Joshua and the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been stretched from the fire. Joshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the others standing there, take off his filthy clothes. Turning to Joshua said, see, I've taken away your sins and now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. So, I mean, you know, the enemy is accusing so you could be sitting here this morning saying, Brad, you, you don't even know. Because the enemy, I'm telling you, as I'm talking right now, is probably saying, didn't you cuss? Some of you think because you've said that word that rhymes with duck, <laughs> quack, you can't go to heaven. I'm saying that's not a great word to say, but I got room uh, news for you. There's still room. There's nothing you've done that God can't forgive. There's nothing or wherever you're at. I don't care how far down the coast you are. The shark can't get to you. Go to the Father. But you've got to determine that you are going to put every ounce of energy to get back to where you're supposed to be. Didn't you cuss? Didn't you cheat? Didn't you steal? Didn't you lust? Didn't you lose your temper? Did you let your wife down again? Were you a bad example for your kids? Didn't you do this or didn't you do that? Shame, condemnation, guilt. Pounding on you, the accuser. How can you even do this? How can you be a pastor? How can you be an engineer? How can you be a doctor? How can you be an attorney? How can you be a worker? How can you be a restauranteur? How can you be an entrepreneur? How can you do anything? You've done nothing but screw up. He continues with guilt, shame, and condemnation. The devil is the accuser, but thank God Jesus is our advocate. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He's Jesus Christ. The one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world. He takes our case. When, when we're under attack, he defends us. It is Jesus He's the one. He, you may be dirty. You may be guilty. All of the things may be true. Every one of the accusations could be something you did. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for his cleansing power. Thank God the old man has passed away and the new man has come. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the empty tomb. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus alone that atones for the sins. John the Baptist said this. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The devil can tell you all kinds of crap, and that's what he'll tell you. You did this, you did this, you did this. And that all may be true, but you got Jesus that'll just do this. Hang on. 
He's with me. She's with me. You got anything to say? Comes through me. Yeah, you got to understand. That's why the Bible says there's only one way to the Father. It's Jesus. There's no other way. It's Jesus. Because there's only one that takes away the sins of the world. And that's Jesus. So when you talk Jesus and you came through that door. Get back behind me. I got this. I had people in my face for stuff that we didn't even do when we were pastoring in another place. We had gotten kicked out of a campground and guy in my face. He's telling me all kinds of colorful four letter words. And little Sammy, little blonde haired, blue eyed Sammy was about this tall. And he's looking at him. And I know what's going through Sam's mind. Sam's like Hulk on him, dad. Only he wouldn't have said that. Just he's just looking at me like, how long are you going to? And I remember just taking Sam and just pushing Sam behind me. And standing right in front of Sam. And the guy was done. I said, you finished? You have an advocate. You have Jesus that says, listen, no matter what he says, true or not. Because the enemy is going to bring up your past. God's concerned about your future. Nudge your neighbor make sure they're awake. You know they're not asleep now. <laughs> You see, this is what happens in the prodigal son. The Bible says the father's watching for him. In other words, the, he knows the boy didn't do right. But the Bible says dad is looking. He's just looking. I think, you know, he'd go every day maybe to the edge of the city, looking out the window or wherever he's at. And when he sees him, the Bible says he runs to him. And when he comes to him, the boy's dirty. Because he came to himself. Daddy, you don't even know what I've done. I've taken all that money. I did bad things with it. I did bad things to me. I did bad things to others. Dad, I'm no good. You know what the father says? Takes off his robe. Puts it over him. All of the dirt then is hidden by the righteousness of the father. That's where we're at. We have that advocate. We have Jesus that says, this one is mine. Shut up. He's mine. She's mine. He can tell the enemy to shut up. I like it when we can tell the devil to shut up. Zechariah 3, 5, and 7 says this. I said they should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to, to Yeshua or Joshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you'll be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. It will let you walk among uh, those standing here. Now, I want, I want to know something. This is, the Lord just revealed something for me to share with you. The, the one reason the Bible talks about they put a clean turban on his head. Now, listen to me. Because he got his mind on right. You understand what I'm saying? He got his head screwed on straight. Because he already found out this didn't work before. Now, before you close this door, don't be here and go, well, I want to find out for myself. That's kind of stupid. If you already know this will bring you pain and separation and you could lose a lot, don't find out for yourself. Just take that. And so anyway, this this way say he got his head on straight. So he's got a new way of thinking. I love Romans 12 too. It says that God changed the way you think. So that we'll know his perfect will. 
That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. So this guy, so this is, well, he doesn't do a whole lot of religious hoops. He doesn't say, you know, because there's nothing. Listen to me. Man can't do anything better than what Jesus did on the cross. So quit trying. Jesus did everything. He paid for the sin. And this is what God is saying. He's not giving him a bunch of religious do's and don'ts right here. What he's telling him is, listen, you got your head on straight. Put this thing on. Get back to work. Get back to the temple. Do what you know to do. Listen to what I'm telling you. Follow what I'm telling you to do. Do that. You'll be all right. You get back to father's house. You start living right. Come on, somebody. If you get back to where you're supposed to be, God will take care of you. People, one of the questions they ask me all the time is this. I just don't know where God is. I don't know. I don't hear him anymore. I don't know where. I mean, there was a time when I heard him all the time. And they'll ask me, how do I find him again? Here's my answer for you. You know, the Bible talks about uh, Mary and Joseph and they took Jesus. Remember when he's about 12, took him in in the town and, and he was they found it. Well, let me get to the story. They're leaving. They took him in for a purpose and they're leaving and they say they have a whole. Um, I don't know what it's called, but they have a whole bunch a garrison. I got like 100 people or whatever. Anyway, they're walking away three days. They can't find him. The number three is pretty significant in a lot of things, but they can't find him. And this is where they found him. They found him the last place they saw him and where they took him was the temple. This is what I'm telling you. If you're like, boy, God was really strong in my life. But since then, you've been drifting in that ocean. And, and you know who's coming. Boom, 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 boom. He cannot take down three harpoons. He can't. Not three barrels. Boom, boom. I know, my mind just goes, sorry. <laughs> There's a monster in there. <laughs> but anyway, they go back to where they saw him last, and that's where he's at. My challenge to you is this. When you were strong with God, when you knew God was like, man, we just had like communion every day. It was so cool. Where was that? What were you doing to have that happen? Go back. He's there. You just got to find him. You just got to go back. You got to be like where I was. I got to determine. I got to get back to the blanket because this is crazy. Because if you get so far out, you got to fight more than what you thought. The current's strong out here. What you started off with a little click, you better watch. God says, I've forgiven you. Get back to the temple. Get back to me. Keep on serving the Lord. Just get back in and doing what I've told you to do. You see, the difference between accusations and conviction, there's a big difference. And how do we know that? That's our second thought for this morning. Accusations drive you away from God. Conviction drives you to God, leads you to him. Accusations will drive you away. Conviction will lead you to him. Accusations make us feel guilty, condemned, worthless. There's no way out. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, it's hopeless. But conviction is like this. It's like, you know what? I love you. You, I can expect better. You can fix this. I, I've paid that price for you. Come back. Let's work on this together. There's a big difference from conviction and accusation. Condemnation comes with accusation. Conviction comes with, we need to fix this. But all things are possible to him who believes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, there's something better about God's way. 
Somebody put it this way, and I love this. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but calls you by your name. Think about it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, we're, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We have to put on the armor because the enemy is going to throw accusations there. He's already doing it. You might be saying, I'm not under, I'm, he's not doing it to me. I'm sure he is. You got to get your turban on square. But we have to start saying, okay, I've, if these aren't physical arrows coming at me, but they're spiritual ones, then I got to put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, I thank God I'm saved by grace and not by anything I've done. This isn't to say, look how good I've been. It's to say, look how good he is. Look what he's done. So I'm saved by grace. So I get my head on straight. I'm protected in the day of battle. And so then I put my, my breastplate of righteousness on. Not because I'm righteous, but because I'm righteous in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus has done that for me. So I can now be the righteousness of God by Christ. I gird my, my loins with truth. I, I start saying, thank you, God, because the enemy is the liar and the father of lies. There is no truth in him. But God is completely truth. So we start being truthful. We shot our feet with the gospel of peace and readiness. In other words, God, if you need me to swim back to the blanket, I'm on my way. We've got the shield of faith because the darts are coming. Some of you might be so numb you're not feeling them. But they are taking their toll. They'll wear you down eventually. But you, you can quench them. So you got that shield of faith and then you have the word of God. I gave you that assignment last week. I said we need to get that word because that's what he's coming after. Now think about it. The accuser comes after accusations for your heart because it's your belief system. So you get that word that fights what he's accusing you of. You get it. Why? You, there's no way you could get up. Father, I thank you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, I just thank you that all of my afflictions, you've taken care of all of those. Psalm 34. I thank you, God, that by your stripes I'm healed. We begin to declare those things of God and we begin to say, just like Jesus did, it is written, it is written. And every time you begin, be, declare it's written, you're getting closer and closer back to home base. You're getting closer and closer. The darts are getting more off course. They're getting quenched sooner. He can't seem to hit you like he could before. Why? Because you're getting stronger and stronger. The closer you get to the Father, the stronger you get. If you've got to pull weeds, you've got to plant flowers. You've got to be willing to let this go to get that. That's key. We've got people that, so to speak, in today's terminology, they want their cake and eat it too. The only cake you need is the cake of heaven. That's what you need. You need some manna. You need some fresh man and you need it every day. And you need to grab onto that and let that pull you. And you need to let go of this. Because that current 
was taking me, and I got to a point where I didn't want to go where it was taking me. Are you with me? I wanted to go here, but light swimming wouldn't do it. It was actually scaring me because the more I tried, it seemed like I was not getting anywhere. I just kept going back and back until I was just like, oh, my gosh. I thought in my mind, if I don't swim as hard as I can, because there were no lifeguards. Kim is not a swimmer. I mean, she can swim. Kind of. She does look good, though. So that classifies everything else. But. Who's going to save me? I could see Sam or Zach trying. But <laughs> Big Daddy, at least I'm in the water. That the Buoyancy will help them, but they can't get out there to get me. What I'm saying is, had I, I would have lost. And I wouldn't be here today. In my mind, if I don't do this, I'm gone. That's what was coming in my mind. And the enemy was just saying, shark, drowned, it's over, your kids will travel back, all this stuff, nobody will see you again. All of that is just boom, boom, darts. <laughs> Somewhere inside you has got to be a fighter. And I'm just about finished. There's a fighter in you, but you have to recognize it's time to fight. It's time to declare the word of God. It's time to stand up and say, I will not give any more ground away. I will make up my mind. I am getting home. I will come to myself. I am getting home. I will break off these shackles. I am getting home. I will get free. I am getting home. God has got my back. I am getting home. My kids will not lose and serve the enemy. I am getting home. My marriage will succeed. I am getting home. I will get out of debt. I am getting home. I will have more than enough. I am getting home. It is all about us declaring, you accuser, you're done in Jesus' name. It is written. And begin to declare God and start putting your forth and effort and just start moving. I started swimming as hard as I could and I got to where I needed to go. I'm telling you, my friends, you cannot let the enemy take you downstream. Because it is a battle to get back. He'll lie to you and say you got plenty of time. You will run out of time. The accuser is after only what you what you have, and he can't get it unless you give it to him. You have to give it to him. And at that note, you can keep it and get rid of him by using that in your favor. Jesus said this, I'm going to put this garment on. I'm going to take these dirty ones off. I'm going to give him clean ones. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you feel. I mean, I cared. But I'm just saying there's nothing... That can separate you from the love of God. Not principalities and powers. Not height nor depth. Anything. God will move heaven and earth. And he already has. To get you safe. Would you bow your heads close your eyes.